0: The gospel opens with what could easily be dismissed as nothing more than a piece of information. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. But that a Jewish rabbi would deliberately enter Samaritan territory given the centuries of violent hostility Between Jews and Samaritans, and bring his Jewish disciples with him goes against common sense. Why would Jesus do such a thing? Because a woman's time had come to be encountered by divine mercy, and Jesus never permits cultural, political, or religious divisions to stop him. Jesus rested beside a well. It was the hottest part of the day, and he was tired. He is God, but he is also incarnate. That is, he took on our flesh, and in doing so, he took on our weaknesses. The disciples went off by themselves to buy food, something that probably kept them on edge, considering they were in hostile territory. Then a woman came. Very odd for that time of day. And Jesus did something unthinkable. He spoke to her. Violating all social and cultural norms, he asked her for a drink of water. Jews and Samaritans shared nothing. Now you get the sense that the woman was one tough character, super vigilant, ready for a fight. She had to be. Her presence at the well at the hottest part of the day tells us she deliberately avoided contact with the other women. Her life, or perhaps more accurately, her existence had to have been a lonely and painful one. Very often, The choices that you and I make in life can create a prison from which we do not know how to escape. As so often happens with those who are at the lowest level of their society, when one comes who is perceived to be even lower, an outsider, a person from a false religion, it becomes easy to allow the anger at how one has been treated to become the energizing force to maltreat the newcomer. She recognized immediately that Jesus was a Jew, an enemy of her people. She's even arrogant. But the divine mercy never allows those things to interfere with his mission, to bring people to the awareness of how much he loves them and have that knowledge liberate them from the prisons they have created. Jesus and the woman have a fascinating exchange. She wants to stay at the level of the practical. The divine mercy is trying to draw her into what really matters. Her focus is on a supply of water so she never has to go to the well again. The Divine Mercy speaks of a living water that empowers one to live this life abundantly without fear. She is willing to settle for well water. The Divine Mercy, however, is not willing to allow her or any of us to settle for anything less than the living waters of salvation. The divine mercy then becomes the divine physician. He lances the woman's soul. He wants all the infection of a lifetime to come out for the wound that she has carried for so long to be disinfected so it can heal. And he does this by asking her "Go." your husband and boy does she go full speed into deception mode by saying I do not have a husband we are so much like her always trying to evade the divine mercy trying to minimize our sinful choices and the consequences they have on our lives and on the lives of others Fearful of being found out, even though God knows all the truth about us already. And Jesus reveals that he knows. You've had five husbands, utterly scandalous in that time. And the man you're currently with is not your husband. Uber scandalous. Like all of us, that woman struggled to find happiness. But her choices kept on bringing layer upon layer upon layer of disappointment and pain. And Jesus brought it out all into the open without one word of condemnation. And you notice the change in the conversation from that point? There's no hint of hostility from her. Gone was any smug sense of cultural or religious superiority on her part. Instead, there was honest, genuine dialogue. Her curiosity grew. And like us, she was designed for truth. And now she was ready for the truth. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the one she hoped for. And so powerful was her encounter with Jesus. She did something unthinkable. The text tells us she left behind what? Who left behind her water jar, a sign of her shame and self-imposed imprisonment and witnessed to the very ones of her community she always tried to avoid. And they in turn began to believe in Jesus through her testimony. And I suspect from her incredible courage. Very often, our testimony is effective, not simply by our words, but by how we live our lives. The scriptures are quiet about people like this Samaritan woman, whose lives were changed by their encounter with Jesus, In the sacred tradition of the Byzantine churches that are in communion with Rome, and in all the Orthodox churches, however, this woman is venerated as Saint Fotini, which means the Enlightened One. In the Russian Orthodox Church, she is called Saint Svetlana. It is believed that after Jesus' resurrection, she left Sakaar, and traveled to Carthage in North Africa, where she evangelized preaching the gospel and doing baptisms. During the persecution of the church by the Emperor Nero, she was in prison for her faith, but continued to preach while in her prison cell, and people says the story would come to the prison to listen to her preach. She was subjected to torture to silence her. Didn't work and then finally put to death around the year 66. From the fourth century the Greek fathers of the church referred to her as an Apostle and even called her a holy martyr equal to the Apostles. As we enter more deeply into Great and Holy Lent consider perhaps making this gospel text a daily reading. It reminds us, God is constantly searching for us, offering a moment of encounter with the divine mercy. He did not create us for the prisons that we make for ourselves. He desires to heal us, restore us to wholeness, and that we receive the energy of a new life. There is nothing he does not already know about us. And even all that never stops him from loving us.